Welcome to the Cattle Call Podcast. Today we are starting another career call. Uh, before we get started, let me go ahead and call Brooke. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing great, thanks. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a good time for a cattle call. Great, great. So thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it looks like your voice a little uh, having a hard time. Yesterday we were weighing cattle, so... Yeah, that dust got to me. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's okay. It's It's pretty hot down here as well so yeah so today we have our uh guest jennifer hagee right jennifer correct okay thank you very much jennifer for uh accepting our uh invitation being here today so we'll be talking with jennifer jennifer is a dairy advisor uh for the university of california cooperative extension in stanislaw san joaquin and merced counties I hope I said that wrong, that that right, uh, as well as she's the county director of Stanislaw County. Uh, so, Jennifer, thank you very much for, for accepting uh, our invitation again. Uh, it's really nice to have you here. It's another person who works in the same system that we do, and we are always interested to learn more about uh, our uh, colleagues' careers. So thank you very much. Uh, we are excited to have you here. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So, Jennifer, we we always start with um, very simple questions. Uh, we say that the, those are the questions that hopefully you're, you're not going to lie and they're not harder to answer. Uh, so it's it, it's pretty basic. So we ask uh, where are you from and what do you do? Sure. So I, um, I was born and raised in Los Banos, California, which is just in Merced County. I did not make it very far from home. Um, and I am a dairy farm advisor. So, uh, that means I do, uh, applied research. I conduct applied research on California dairy farms. And then I extend that research, uh, you know, to the end users, allied industry, uh, employees, the dairy owners, um, you know, uh, basically anyone who wants to listen um, about how we can use these results to improve practices and uh, move the industry forward. Perfect. That's great. So so you grew up in California, you're still in California. Uh, growing up, and uh, I've been to, to your region a few times, and I know the environment is heavily in a, like in agriculture, but you, you grew up in this agriculture environment. Uh, so... Can you tell us more specifically uh, when and how did you decide that that you want to stay in agriculture? Like that's that's what you want to do for a living. Uh, and more specifically with dairy cattle, like do you is there a time in your life that you said, okay, that's what I want to do, and how you develop that? Sure, sure. So uh, growing up, my my dad was a cattle buyer. Um, and then we also had a cow calf operation on the side, you know, the original side hustle um, before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I grew up um, in the cattle industry. I'd go to sales with my dad and, um, you know, those types of things. I grew up in 4-H, um, you know, we showed animals at the fairs and um, transitioned uh, into FFA in, in high school, um, continuing on with that. Um, and, you know, so like, I think a lot of high schoolers in the Valley, I thought I was going to go and, and become a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's what I was going to do. I was so sure of it. I yeah. was so sure of it. It's, it's um, interesting. Like, uh, I mean, if our listeners have been listening to our careers that you're not the first, and I'm sure it's not going to be the last one who say that Brooke 
said that the same thing when we record the podcast with her. Our last episode, the guest said the same thing again. Uh, so that's that's a, a pattern that we see uh, among our uh, guests. I am not surprised. So, you know, just just a piece of advice to everyone. It's always good to have a goal, but it's it's okay to change your mind. Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I... Um, I um, apply, actually only applied to like two schools. I was the first to go to college in my family. So was kind of flying blind. Um, so luckily I got into Davis. I applied to UC Davis and I got into Davis. Um, and so um, it was actually at Davis. I was an animal science major with mm-hmm. a livestock and dairy emphasis. Um, and, you know, once I decided, you know, I had lots of internships, um, I interned nice. at the vet school, I interned, I had like a companion animal internship in animal science, um, a, a beef and range internship, um, a dairy internship with Dr. De Peters, uh, you know, so I, I did lots of things. And, you know, it was, I think, an undergrad when I decided, like, okay, if I'm, if I'm, I'm not going to vet school, I decided that I don't want to be a vet anymore. Um, you know, if I want to stay, all my family is from California. Everyone mm-hmm. lives here. Um, if I'm going to stay in California, I probably need to make that shift to dairy uh, cattle. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, nutrition has always fascinated me, whether it's human nutrition or or cattle nutrition. Um, and so that's when I um, when I applied to uh, grad school, I applied with Ed DePeters in the dairy cattle nutrition lab. Um, so my it was, a you know. For a 21-year-old, it was a very, very good decision, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I really like that you brought that up is uh, you were seeking for internship as soon as it looks like, as soon as you you arrived in school, right? Uh, and and how how did you do that? Like, did you have, like, anybody, like, that were pushing you to do that? Or is that something that you developed? Like you said, let me get experience in as many things as I can and then decide what I want to do. Like, is there anything that we have a lot of students listening to us? And, and I think for me in my career, internship helped me a lot. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit more how you developed that and how much you think that helped you deciding later on that, okay, dairy is, is something that I, that I want to do. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think, um, I think my, my advice for people is, you know, take as many opportunities or as are, you know, provided to you, you might think on the surface, like, this doesn't sound, you know, sometimes like the companion animal one, I hated, I, I was not a fan. I just wasn't. Um, but it's good. You know, if it's, if it's good to know what you like, it's also good to know what you don't like. So, you know, I, I crossed off companion animals and I crossed off vet school, um, through internships. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think just not, don't say no, because on the surface, you you know, even a, not, I don't want to say a negative or a bad internship, but an an internship that you didn't enjoy is still valuable in figuring out what you do enjoy. Yeah. I I like that. I I really, I really like that, that you just said that because, uh, sometimes we are closing the door for some things that we don't know, but it's also really good to know that, I mean, we actually experience that and say, okay, I I just don't feel myself doing this. Or maybe, you know, it's it's a door that's open and you enjoy, and then you're just going to do that for the rest of your life. But it's, it's really nice. Uh, but so you mentioned that you went to grad school in, in Davis. 
uh, and working with Dr. De Pires, right? Mm-hmm. So were you working with him before thinking about a master's or how did you also develop the idea of staying for grad school? Like you just mentioned, like it's a very big decision for uh, a young girl, but how how was that? I, I've heard only good things about Dr. De Pires' mentorship and I might ask more things about that in a little bit, but how, how was that? Were you working with him before? Or, or sure, not? yeah. So, uh, you know... Um, uh, Dr. De Peters teaches, um, you know, the basically the the rumin- the nutrition courses, animal. I think it's animal feeds and feeding, uh, dairy science. So, you know, I'd had him as a professor, um, and I. So, I think you know it was just one of those things. I I I've found him to be a very good professor, and I enjoyed the um, the field trips and you know just kind of the hands on applied things of you know doing a Keldall. Uh, test and lab and, you know, um, that sort of stuff, all this stuff, you know, nutrition, it doesn't matter if we're evaluating a feed stuff for, for dairy cows, you can still apply it to your own life. Right. Um, so, um, anyway, so I, I, I just, I found, uh, dairy cattle nutrition interesting. So then I started interning with him. So I think I probably was year, maybe when I was a junior, like third year, or maybe the summer between third and fourth that I started interning with him. Um, and then that, you know, it was, that was a free intern. I was working for free, uh, just to kind of, again, get more experience mm-hmm. to see if this is something I actually like. So I worked with, you know, uh, graduate students on their projects. I was out there feeding with them, bleeding cows, taking samples, um, you know, running this stuff in the lab when we brought the samples back. Um, and then, so that turned into like a, a paid student job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the lab work. I enjoyed the cow work. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I approached him and, you know, cause at this point I was, wor- I was working yeah. for him, but you know, I'm working in the lab underneath the graduate students and everybody else. And I, I just, you know, said, you know, I'm interested in doing a master's degree. Um, cause at that point, honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, coming out with a bachelor's degree there, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of opportunities. I mean, potentially in sales and things, but I didn't think that was the, the direction I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just approached him and, um, and said, you know, I'm thinking about this. Would you be willing to take me on? And uh-huh. that was it. I think honestly, my, my academic and my professional life has been what I consider like a series of very fortunate events, like yeah. just kind of being in the right place at the right time and, and things kind of, you know, things happened quicker for me. I feel like than most people, you know, by 21, I knew I wanted a master's degree i had someone who was going to anyways um so i think i I, i've been very fortunate in that That, regard that's that's nice i mean it's uh and and i mean i've seen a lot of people saying that as well which is but i i agree with you but i also i i'm a firmer believer that i'm sure you deserve that uh all of the things that you accomplished as well so uh you were working hard and everything uh, to go back to Dr. De Peters a little bit, I, I always like to ask uh, our guests about the importance of their mentors in their careers and how to maybe seek for that or or something that they learned from their mentors that they would like to share with our listeners. Is there anything like about him that you that you feel that is that's worth sharing or like how 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 important was having it, it mentors and you can talk about specifically him in your career to get to the stage that you are today. Sure. Sure. So as you were saying that, I mean, I just popped into my head. I have 
absolutely have something to say that applies to this. So I think one of the most valuable things I learned from, from Ed was that, you know, he was, he would never ask someone to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. I mean, this man is like the hardest worker I have ever met. Uh, You know, if you got into the lab at 6am, guess who's already there that had the coffee on. If you were staying late because you had to get something, you know, lab work ran late or something went wrong and you had to stop and you were there till 730 at night, guess who was still there? I mean, and you know, the sampling events, you know, there wasn't anything that he wasn't willing to be there in the trenches doing, you know, with his, with the graduate students or with whoever. Um, so I think that's, that was, you know, a really good uh, example of the type of person I think we all strive to be like, we, we want to, you know, he's the boss, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's bringing in the money and getting the graduate students, you know, he's the reason why we're all here, but there was nothing that he was not willing to help out with. And so I think that's just, probably the best characteristic that any mentor could have, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, we're in this together and we're working on things together. Not, a, not that top down approach. That's super nice. I mean, that, yeah. Leading by, by example and being there, that's, that's very, very important. And, and I mean, I've, I've only had minor interactions with him and that's what he, like he, we feel when we talk with him and, and other things like that, but that's great. So Let's move on now and um, finishing master's degree. Uh, so from that, you went straight to ANR. Uh, how how you made that transition? And can you tell us, like we've mentioned that you work for University of California Cooperative Extension. Can you tell us more a little bit if that transition was done from the master's to being an advisor? And tell us more about your job, about an extension job that you do and, and, and things that you, you learn with time. I, I know like when we go to grad school, we are not always exposed to, to extension work and being like talking with producers and how, how much it changed and, and yeah, share some things and we can keep the conversation. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I, I might forget some of these parts, but that's okay. You can remind me what I haven't yes. answered. Um. So, so after grad school, um, I, I still wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. I actually, you know, um, I, I wasn't exactly sure. So I start, I stayed on with Ed, um, in the ruminant nutrition lab, working as a junior specialist. So mm-hmm. again, still working, you know, working with graduate students, training them on the different, you know, lab methods and, you know, kind of helping them out and just kind of keeping things going on the lab side. Um, and, and the work of the dairy. Um, and it was, you know, during that time that I, I think it was Ed who there was an extension job opening and said, you know, this, this might be something that interests you, you know, you, you get to do research, but you know, you still, you're interacting with producers and, you know, working with animals. Um, and so I looked at that and I thought, oh yeah, that does sound pretty good. And, you know, we had, um, Dr. Uh, Deanne Meyer, who is our mm-hmm. livestock waste management specialist. Um, you know, she was just in the lab right across the hall. And so, you know, I talked with her and, you know, things, um, and so actually that first job I applied for, I interviewed for, and I did not get, um, <laughs> that was down in Tulare. So there's another lesson yeah. for all you kids out there who might be listening. Sometimes things work out for you. Um, you just don't know, you just don't know it at the time. Yep. So. Um, so, um, but you know, the, the thought of extension was, was really appealing to me. Um, you know, you're in the counties, you're working with, with, you know, farmers and farms, 
Um, but you're really directing your own research program. So, you know, you get to do things that interest you. Um, mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm interested in, you know, dairy cattle nutrition. So a lot of my projects, you know, revolve around byproduct feeding and, you know, looking at sorghum instead of corn in a drought and things of that nature. Um so that was really appealing to me. Of course, I'm a dairy advisor in the San Joaquin Valley. So environmental regulation is also part of my mm-hmm. life. Um, so I, I, I do work on that as well. But just just the idea of being able to direct kind of your own program uh, and answer questions that that are of interest to you and and to the end users, you know, your, your my dairy clientele. Um, so that really interests me. So um, at that point, we knew that there was more positions opening up. So it was a, just a matter. It was a waiting game. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think I was a junior specialist. I think I actually just finished my second year when I started this job in Modesto. So, and the PhD wasn't an option for you. Like nobody tried to convince you to stay. You were there for two years working research or you said, no, I'm I'm done with that. You know, at that point, I, I was fairly certain I wanted to be a farm advisor Okay. And there, so there was no real reason to get a PhD, you know, not that a PhD isn't valuable, but for me, I waited against, you know, if this is the direction I want to go, do I need it? And what is putting myself back, you know, four years from the master's degree or, you know, even within those two years, four years from, you know, yes, if it doesn't, if it's not going to help me get the job, I think I want, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if maybe if I wouldn't have gotten that job, this job I'm in potentially I would have maybe, you know, taken a different path. But again, I, it's one of those fortunate things that I think I fell into the, the right spot at the right time. Perfect. That's awesome. And and uh, can you tell us how, like you mentioned a little bit about your current work, but how is being, like, how is, is the farm, your daily life, like your farm advisor uh, job, like what do you, what do you do? What are some, some of the challenges that you faced, like, right after starting that you were not expecting uh, things that you, you learn with time that maybe you didn't learn that in grad school. Is there like things that you, I'm sure there are a lot of things that you learned over time, but like things that you had to learn like pretty quick uh, to be successful in your career. Sure. So I would say one of the biggest challenges was also what I just said was one of the biggest draws to being an advisor is you kind of are on your own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I showed up on day one with my lunch packed and, you know, came to my office and I didn't even have a computer, right? Like, mm-hmm. because you are, I mean, you're starting your own program from scratch and there was no one in my position for like five to seven years before me. So, you know, there, comp- mm-hmm. there was not. So I think, you know, the, the, the largest draw, which is I get to build my program the way I like it was also one of the hardest things to start because I have to build my program from Mm -hmm. scratch. Um, And so I think, you know, just, you know, early on talking with my peers, you know, luckily I came from Davis. Uh, I've never left Davis since I was 18. I have the same email address, but I knew a lot of people. So I knew Ed DePeters. I knew Deanne Meyer. I knew Peter Rob. I knew, I knew, you know, the extension specialist. I knew the dairy faculty. Um, So I think that helped me tremendously. Um, you know, that, and then doing a needs assessment with my, with my clientele, obviously. But, um, I think a lot of it early on was just relying on your network and, you know, not even realizing the people are your network because you've never needed a network before. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that was probably, um, one of the hardest things was, okay, I'm here now. What do I do? Yes. No, that's, that's, but I'm like you so far, you 
brought up two really important things that I I can see as a pattern of of people who are successful in their work is you first experienced a lot of things and you were willing to do a lot of things and early on in your career. And the second one is your network. I think that's extremely valuable to our careers. And and like you said, sometimes you don't realize how important that is until you need your network and 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 you don't give it much value on that. But yeah, so that's that's pretty much. Do you have any questions, Brooke, uh, uh, about Jennifer's career? Uh, like you are also an advisor. Like, is there anything that you would like to ask her <laughs> that I'm forgetting here? Um, so could you just tell us a little bit about so, like some of the stuff you do on a daily basis? So, you know, your interactions with producers, because I think um, I'm a livestock advisor, you're a dairy advisor, our clientele overlap, but it's a little different still. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, the dairy industry, you know, grew pretty rapidly in California, um, you know, and um and with that, the allied industry also grew, right? Um, so in California, I mean, you can throw a stone and hit a technical service provider or, you know, it, it, there's there's just tons of people and tons of allied industry working in and for dairy in California. Um, so, you know, one of the misconceptions, and this was, I guess this would be another thing coming in. I, you know, I thought I was going to make lots of farm calls. People were going to call me because they had questions or, you know, and I was going to be able to troubleshoot things and, you know, you know, be this... I don't know, private investigator for problems <laughs> on dairies or something. Uh, but that's not the case. That's that's just not that's not my reality. Um, so most of my interactions with producers, I mean, early on, I went to a lot of industry meetings and events and I met people and, you know, things of that nature. But like, you know, moving forward and like today, it's all based on my research. So it's, you know, reaching out to farms to, to you know, tell them I have this research, research, see if they're interested. Um, you know, do we do a, a statewide dairy conference? And so we see some, you know, we see some producers there. Um, but, you know, one of the things um, we did a needs assessment in 2017. So it's been a while now. Um, but overwhelmingly, dairy producers said they wanted information on our, you know, research and extension programs in a newsletter format. Like that is how they like to get information from us. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the biggest things I do is um, I am the editor of a quarterly statewide newsletter. Um, so I send, you know, requests. I think Pedro's on my list. Brooke, you might even get requests from me, um, you know, for, you know, anything and everything related or could be related to dairy and we compile that information and we send that out to them quarterly. Um, so I, I don't know if that's similar for you, Brooke, in, in your interactions with your clientele. I would assume so. Um, but um, but yeah, so it's, you know, a lot of it is, is research driven. It's based on either I, I need a cooperator or I've got these results that might be of interest to folks. Yeah, I definitely had that same experience. I came in thinking I'd be getting calls all day, every day, emails, but that's a small, small portion compared to the research and just extending out to everyone. Yeah, for sure. No, that's that's very nice. Uh, I mean, we we will leave. We I I'm subscribed to the newsletter and it's really good. Like we'll leave the link for people to, if they want to subscribe to the newsletter as well, in our episode and also in our newsletter uh, when we post this. One one uh, last question before we move on. Uh, and that's that can be a pretty short answer. Uh, is there any 
thing that you that you do today that you were not expecting or something that you don't really love to do in your job, but you you think that's really important and you have to do it? Sure. So, I mean, that's a, that's another easy one. I'm not sure if it'll be a great answer, um, but I honestly never saw myself as, at least at this point in my career, being uh, a county director, being on the on the admin side of things. Um, you know, I kind of I kind of assumed eventually because I know how extension works and, and things. Um, but um, yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't see that part. And that's a, a, a huge component of my time now is spent on the director side and less on on the research and extension side. So. Yeah, well, it's it's part of the job. That's good. Yeah. So, Jennifer, now we uh, think we've covered everything, right, Brooke? Or is there anything else that we haven't? It should be okay. So now we're going to move on to just a few. We have three quick questions that we uh, we ask just to know more about yourself, like then then the professional, sure. then a, a personal Jennifer. Uh, and and the first question is, uh, what is your favorite food? Oh, easy. French fries. Oh, that's, that's all day with eggs, a, with a burger by himself. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that's that. That's a new one to our list, Brooke. We we often oh have like Mexican food. That's that's probably like the winner so far, but that's good. French fries. I, I, Mexican I like food's good, too. But, you know, there's nothing like a good French fry. <laughs> that's good. So what is what is the, the song that you usually plays in your radio like and or in your phone? What is the type of song that you like? Uh, you know, lately I have been on an old Dominion kick, which is like they're country, but they kind of sound they're, they're all over the place. They've got some stuff that sounds like 80s country and some stuff that sounds like pop. So uh, that's that's who's on my list lately. That's cool. So the last uh, but not least, and maybe a more philosophical question is uh, what is something that you would like to to go back to the like? And tell yourself once something that you know today that you would like to know when you're finishing school. Like if you could go back in time and tell the Jennifer who was graduating and deciding to do a master's or not, what is something that you know today that you would like to know back then? Sure. So I think um, I think looking back, I'd probably tell myself to just slow down and not relax, but just you know enjoy enjoy the time. I, I mean, I was very much when I was an undergrad thinking about my master's, you know, I, I went so quickly between them um, and was just so focused on, I want to get a job. I want to, you know, start making money and, you know, um, which is good. I mean, that's a yeah. good mindset to have, but then you get a job and that, <laughs> then you have a job. Um, so just, you know, slow down, enjoy, you know, enjoy myself more. Not that I didn't enjoy, I still had a good time, but you know, uh, everything is going to work out the way it should be. Work hard and you'll be fine. But, you know, you don't have to be in such of a rush. Great. Enjoy enjoy the process. That, that's that's really, really uh, important. Uh, that's nice. And and now is uh, I, want, I, I really want to thank you again for participating. The last thing that uh, it's not the last I'm going to still like I keep saying the last. But one thing that we always ask this one is. Uh, you already mentioned something that you would like to know, but like, what is something that you would like to leave? We call this a kettle call top tip. What is something? It can be a book. Uh, we've had book research papers, um, documentary, 
something that you would like to leave it's a tip that you can give to our listeners like often it's a book but we've had like i said research papers other things that our listeners can go out there and search that will bring some knowledge to them Sure. So I think I'm also going to go a little stage left on this one and give an oddball answer. Um, I would say, you know, in our in our work lives, we read so much, we do so much. I, my my, what did you call it? Cattle call tip. Top Cattle tip. call. Yeah. My top tip is going to be read a book for enjoyment. Like do something that makes you happy that you're interested in. Um, every time I fly, I get a book from the you know little convenience stores in the airport uh just some random book to read so that that's my top tip is you know it doesn't always have to apply to to dairy or whatever your your subject matter is uh do you know read for fun i forgot how much i like to read for fun that's that's really nice because actually it's it's not totally related but our last guest the thing that he recommended was getting outside and do something fun so we probably have to do more fun things in our life sometimes we we forgot about it uh and so focusing in the work which again like you said it's important but enjoy other things is is also really really important that's really nice Jennifer thank you very much uh now last but not least how can how can our listeners find more about your work? Do you have like social media? You mentioned the newsletter, uh, a blog or something that they can uh, go and find more about your work. Sure. So um, we do have a, we have like a statewide Golden State Dairy Management team website. So if you just Google, you know, Golden State Dairy Management, um, that links to like our conferences, some of the almond hole work we've done recently, some of the alternative manure management work. So, the, you know, that's kind of the hub um and then um we also um as a statewide team are on instagram so again golden state dairy management Uh um and then you know you're going to link the newsletter i'd say the newsletter is probably the best way to keep up with all the research uh and extension that that we're doing in the state great that's awesome that's really good thank you jennifer uh i would like also to thank you for listening to us uh still uh it's it's been a, a nice talk anything else brooke Nope. Okay, that's great. Anything else, Jennifer, that I forgot to to mention? <laughs> no, I think I think that was fun. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, no, uh, we appreciate that. Uh, thank our listeners. If you have questions, comments about our newsletter, please send an email to kettlecallucd at gmail.com. We'll be happy to, to answer. If you have other things, suggestions, again, please feel free to send that to us. If you want to receive a monthly newsletter and that with the transcription of this episode please subscribe to the link uh, in the description of the link below in the description of the episode uh, also follow us on social media uh, and keep, that you can keep update with with our work so thank you very much for listening to us and remember it's always a good time for a cattle call a cowboy is singing this lonesome cat